0: Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. We're in the middle of Catholic Schools Week, and on this episode, Bishop and Kyle are joined by two special guests for a conversation about the recent challenges and accomplishments of Catholic educators in the Fort Wayne South Bend Diocese.
1: Welcome to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our bishop and special guest. Today we are are celebrating Catholic Schools Week, and so we're joined once again by Dr. Joe Brettknocker, the superintendent of Catholic Schools for the diocese, as well as Carl Lesch, who is the secretary of Catholic Education. Thank you both for joining us, and thank you, Bishop, for being here. All three. You're welcome, Kyle. Thank you. Bishop, when you were going to Catholic schools, did you have things... For Catholic Schools Week, like a uh, Pajama Day and
2: Silly Hair Day, I don't. I don't even remember Catholic Schools Week <laughs> when I was in. I don't even know if they had it back then. I don't know either. Yeah, we're talking the sixties and early seventies. Every yeah. day was Catholic Schools Week, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Bishop, do you mind starting us off in prayer before we get into this too much? I'll be happy to. We'll do our prayer to Saint Joseph that was written by Pope Francis. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Mm -hmm. hail guardian of the redeemer spouse of the blessed virgin mary to you god entrusted his only son in you mary placed her trust with you christ became man blessed joseph to us too show yourself a father and guide us in the path of life obtain for us grace mercy and courage and defend us from every evil amen in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. And maybe just so people can
1: can hear the voices that that we're talking to here, Dr. Joe, can you share a little bit about uh, maybe how, how things have been changing this year for your job as the, the superintendent of Catholic schools? This kind of, every, everything's kind of evolved a little bit. This year is probably very different than it was last year this time.
0: Yeah, it's a lot different, Kyle. It's uh been amazing beginning in march when we started to transition into remote learning uh, we started to use some communication tools that we had not used in the past and believe it or not um, our communication is better now than what it's been in the past because we're able to zoom in weekly with all of our principals and uh, we're able to handle school business in that. So it's that part of it's been a blessing. The other part, uh, it's taken an awful lot to uh, prepare our schools for safety. We've got mitigation strategies in place that uh, drastically reduce the chance of spreading the virus.
1: Yeah. And Carl what what has changed in your role as the Secretary of Catholic Education?
3: So in my role, I do work with Catholic schools, but also with the Office of Religious Education. So we try to build off of the great work that uh, Dr. Joe and his committee did to prepare the schools. We also tried to share that information with our Sunday School and Religious Education programs and with youth ministry. It's been a heavy lift for everybody, but um, we keep the kids at the forefront of all that we do. It certainly makes it worthwhile.
1: And have the changes been pretty much across the board of all of our diocesan schools, or is there different schools that have different plans for COVID?
0: As far as uh, safety plans go, Kyle, is that what you're asking? Sure, yeah.
1: And uh, e-learning and all of that.
0: Well, our schools are similar yet unique. With regards mm-hmm. to the uh, safety plans, we had a committee of about 43 that put together what we call a back to school template. We looked at logistics and planning, Catholic identity, community, curriculum, and technology. So all of our schools were in a different place with regards to technology to start the school year. But over the summer, we did try to shorten that digital divide um, that we had before. So all of our schools are up and functioning. Our school safety plan template was reviewed by the Allen County and the St. Joseph County health departments. And we gave that to the school so that they could personalize it. And uh, they did a good job with it. When I go to visit our schools, they are just models for mitigation strategies.
1: Mm-hmm. And I know the staffs had to do double or triple the work sometimes with additional cleaning that they have to do and sanitation, as well as you have some students that are online and some that are in person. So sometimes you're doing double the work of presentations and things. How are the staff handling all this?
0: Well, our teachers are are doing a tremendous job. I would be lying if I did not say that it wasn't a stressful start to the school year because it certainly was, but they have really um, come along. They spent their summers preparing for virtual learning um, as well as in-person learning goes, and they have perfected uh, their craft and they've enhanced their toolkit, and they're really beacons of hope for our students and our parents right now.
1: And I know there was some concern last year. We went to e-learning at a lot of the schools, you know, just kind of wrapping up the semester. And there's some concerns that people weren't going to be getting as good of an education as at home with uh, maybe parents kind of filling in for the teachers and things. Has there been any kind of uh, a depletion in some of the the grades and stuff? Has that suffered in light of the pandemic?
0: Well, Kyle, most of our schools started in person from the onset. Right now, all of our schools are in person with a virtual option, or they're right. hybrid um, with a virtual option. So, um, our, our schools were prepared for that.
1: Good, Bishop. Has this? How has this affected your pastoral visits to the schools? I know you're you're really pretty adamant about getting around to all of the schools and,
2: and visiting them and and it's something the schools look forward to as well. Well, I, I visit the high schools every year and um, try to visit four or five or six grade schools a year. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's been a little harder during the pandemic. I did visit one of our schools first semester and I have a couple on my calendar, although the one I was going to visit, gonna visit uh, a couple weeks ago, Saint John the Baptist, Fort Wayne, they had we had snow, so it was a snow day, so that has to be <laughs> postponed. When I went to Bishop Loras, you know, I had to do two school masses rather than one because of the uh, you know social distancing, and I wasn't mm-hmm. able to visit the classrooms. But I'm trying, and um, yeah, you know, I just want to say how grateful I am to the principals and the teachers and staff who've worked so hard, especially. To offer in-person education, we know how important that is, and I am just so grateful, you know. And and uh, where necessary, the the uh, online, but but the great majority have worked so hard to offer in-person education. So so I'm very grateful to them.
1: And why is that important? Because I think sometimes we see people working from home and all of the technology and ways that we can collaborate virtually, and think hey, this is, this is working out better. It's more convenient, uh, maybe more efficient. Uh, why is in-person
2: education important? It's just like, I want to be with my family and I can be on a Zoom call with them. It's not the same as, as being right. in person. I mean, you know, I didn't go home for, you know. I usually will go home after Christmas and I really miss that. Yeah, we had a Zoom call together, but that's different from being in person. And I think in the area of education, even the relationship, not only between the teacher and the students, but among the students themselves, not having that in-person contact is, is makes it more difficult. Mm-hmm.
3: I could jump in on that too, Kyle. I'd say one of the secret sauces of Catholic schools is that we're communities of faith and that it's the relationship of the teachers and the staff with their students, that uh, they care and love for their students. and. Can you convey information and have some discussions virtually? Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're an incarnational church. We're a sacramental church, and we're a relational church, and it's best done when we're in person.
2: Yeah, I mean, even when we had the liturgies, we had the two months where, you know, there were no public liturgies. I mean, it's just not mm-hmm. the same. I mean, it was great that we were able to live stream masses mm-hmm. so people could listen to the to the scriptures and they could join in the mass virtually. but it's it's not the same as as being there in person and actually receiving the holy eucharist and and praising God together in person. Uh, it's good we have these tech the technology, but it doesn't replace the in person. Right. So if the technology is good, uh, but maybe
1: not the ideal situation, are there things that you think that this is helping us? Because I, I do think that. A lot of our, our churches, our schools, our businesses were kind of shuttled forward maybe a couple of years in in technology and being able to do things and collaborate and, and do things virtually that we weren't able to do maybe last year uh, to be able to live stream for a you know, mass for the people that are stuck at home, for example. You know, and so there's a lot of positive things that are coming out of this. What do you think are some of the things that will, might stick around and that might continue using this technology, even if, uh, you know, going completely virtual is not ideal. uh, What what are some things that you see that might be some benefits from this?
0: I'll go ahead and take a stab at that one, Kyle. Um, First and foremost, I think that uh, when we have students that are out sick for a prolonged period of time, um, our teachers now have the technology to be able to um, meet with them virtually, and Mm -hmm. they are part of the class When I go around to our schools and walk into the classrooms, I'll see in-person learning going on. And at the same time, we've got our students that are at home Zooming in or talking to us through Google Meets. It just provides them with a greater sense of community. Even though they're not in person, um, they're still connected to the classroom.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: If I could add to that, I think this time period that's difficult, 10, 11 months, has certainly highlighted some of the key virtues that we need to focus on, such as resilience, dependence on community, gratefulness. When I talk to teachers, uh, they say that the students are so courteous because they're so grateful to be in person, to be with uh, their teachers and their friends, that it just kind of highlights what's important. It's community, it's growing in faith and developing our God-given talents. And I think this these challenges have also provided opportunities to um, remind us of what's truly important.
1: And I wonder too, has there been more collaboration between the schools? You mentioned that you're able to to do virtual meetings with all the principals more regularly, and that's been a positive thing. But has there, I know as everybody's trying to figure out like, how do we deal with this situation? You know, And you might bounce ideas off of each other. Has there been more collaboration, maybe even some more collaborative teaching? Because now if if you have a virtual teacher, could you have the expert in that topic maybe teach your class, uh, maybe especially on the high school level? You know, we got four Catholic high schools. Maybe you have one person that's an expert at one of the schools that could maybe do not a whole virtual class for the whole semester, but maybe just one particular day that kind of highlighted a topic. Are we seeing any of that kind of collaboration?
0: Well, Kyle, I see... I hear from our teachers that they're collaborating more with each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, It provides them a way to connect by grade level across the schools, and it is helping to perfect their craft. So we're grateful for that aspect of it.
2: Kyle, you know, one of the things that I enjoyed was um, I was able to celebrate a mass that was broadcast to all the students in our Catholic schools. You know, I can't, Mm. you know, I mean, that was kind of a neat thing to do that. And I think for the future, we can use technology. Let's say as Bishop, I had a special message that I wanted all the Catholic school students of our diocese to hear. We could do that, you know? Um, So it's good that we've improved our technology, technological capacities. Yeah.
3: Bishop, last spring, you read a story to the school children. We broadcast that to the schools, and that was a a real gift to have that kind of availability for our students. We're also working on something right now. We have some religious sisters who are uh, recording them reading textbooks so that we can uh, bring them to the students. I think it'd be a wonderful opportunity, maybe every Friday or so, we could have a reading from sister and uh, a nice way to encourage vocations, as well as uh, give the teacher a little bit of break with a, a guest reader. That's great. All right. Well, if you have questions for Bishop,
1: you can go to redeemerradio.com slash askbishop, which is also where you can find past episodes of the show. You can text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598, and we'll talk more about Catholic schools and how a new government administration might change some things. Coming up right here on Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes, brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.
0: Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has a special mission to serve the Catholic Church in America. In 2020 alone, we've served over 800 parishes, schools, and nonprofits in more than 25 dioceses nationwide. We are a member-owned, not-for-profit cooperative, working hard to create a national Catholic financial alternative to the for-profit banks. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.
1: Welcome back to Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes. I'm Kyle Hyman here with our bishop and we're celebrating Catholic Schools Week. And so we're joined by two special guests, Dr. Joe Knocker, the superintendent of Catholic schools for the diocese, and Carl Lesch, the secretary of Catholic education. We've been talking about Catholic schools and how this year has been different than years past, especially, you know, celebrating Catholic schools week as well. And one of the things that I think we're very fortunate in Indiana is, is some of the support that we have for our private schools. Can, can uh, maybe Carl, could you share a little bit, or Dr. Joe, about uh, what we have here in Indiana for those that, that might be not be aware of some of the resources that can help them to mitigate costs with a Catholic education? Sure,
0: I'll go ahead and start out and let um, Carl and Bishop uh, chime in there. We have the the Indiana Choice Scholarship Program that was enacted back in 2011, so this is actually the uh, 10th year for that. Indiana's Choice Program is one of the largest voucher programs in the United States. It's currently available to both low- and middle-income families. Our families are better able to utilize those funds to get a Catholic education, but I think the most important thing is it provides our parents with choice, Mm -hmm. and uh, that has really helped out um, quite a bit. And then we have the Indiana Tax Credit Program, and we refer to that as SGO, our school granting organization where donors can get an Indiana state tax credit of up to 50% on their state taxes through the SGO. So Indiana is very fortunate in that we have these two robust programs.
2: You know, when they were challenged by the um, opponents, the uh, state Supreme Court upheld the constitutionality of the programs, which is, Really good because, you know, our state, like many states, the United States had those infamous Blaine Amendments, which were really anti-Catholic Amendments a century ago. So there were some who were claiming that because we had the Blaine Amendment, that these programs would be unconstitutional. So thankfully, the Indiana Supreme Court has ruled that they are constitutional. So uh, we're in good shape.
3: I would just add that and we don't see this as an issue of uh, Non-public schools versus public schools. We're grateful for the teachers and staff who serve in our public schools, the great service to the common good. We focus on parents as the primary educators of the faith, and they know what, envir- what uh, educational environment would be best for their children. Um, so we're fully supportive of parental choice, and we're grateful for those families that choose Catholic education.
1: And is there, Any concern about these opportunities going away? I know I'm very involved with our Catholic school, and I'm a little concerned that we're becoming dependent on these things. And if somewhere down the road they're they're taken away, that we might be kind of in trouble financially. Is that something to be worried about? Is that something that we're kind of budgeting for a potential? Or is that no concern?
2: I wouldn't say it's no concern, but I think it's very unlikely that they would go away especially because we have strong support in the Indiana legislature and we have the governor's support. And I think to take this away from parents would be, would be unpopular uh, politically. And I also think, uh, yeah, we do have our opponents who, but they haven't been as vociferous lately, I don't think.
0: Yeah. If I could just um, add to that, um, we are, are grateful for the choice scholarship program and like carl indicated um, it's not an us against them type of a situation but the indiana choice scholarship program provides about 35 percent of the average per pupil cost in traditional um, public schools so in a large part we're able to allow more students to have a choice, and then um, we're also able to save the state money. Mm-hmm.
2: And most fundamentally, Kyle, you know, this is an issue of justice. Education is the right of the parents prior to being the right of the state. And the fact that we are required through the taxes that we pay to support public schools and that our tax money goes to them. It should be parents who decide where their money goes. I'm very grateful, as Dr. Joe said, that we have the school choice program. But for me, it's a matter of justice that we have this. And it's a matter of injustice, the many states that don't have such a program.
3: And Kyle, if I could just add, there is some Supreme Court precedent on this. Back in 1925, the state of Oregon tried to say it was illegal for for parents to send their children to uh, Catholic schools. And the Supreme Court said very astutely, the child is no mere creature of the state, uh, that the parent is the primary educator, and the parent should be able to choose. But we have 36,000 families getting great educations at non-public schools, many of them Catholic schools in our state, hopefully we have great advocates, as well as uh, the other people that Bishop uh, noted, with the governor and the legislators supporting this as well.
1: And Bishop, you released a statement not too long ago, uh, I guess at the time of the inauguration about uh, some of the, the strengths that you see in the new national administration and maybe some of the challenges that we're going to face. Do you see any or predict any challenges with our Catholic schools and a new presidential administration and, and people that might be put in place on a national level?
2: Yeah, I mean, and they're not, I mean, we kind of anticipated this from public statements, especially certain positions of the Democratic Party regarding education, especially the opposition to choice, the opposition to, um, you know, school choice. And so, So yes, but as I said, you know, that's on the federal level. I mean, really, our programs are on the state level. So I don't see them interfering with what's going on on the state level, but certainly the public policy of the Biden administration would be against school choice. I think what might be more uh, troubling is the, the attitude towards religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And for example, we believe you know, we, we should have the right to hire or to fire teachers or other staff according to our religious principles. In other words, we expect our teachers, our employees, our principals to uphold Catholic teaching, and that we should have the right, for example, to, you know, decide for ourselves. And some of the anti-discrimination, especially a recent uh, executive order from President Biden, uh, speaks about uh, or prohibiting any kind of discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity, it can be problematic for us. Obviously, we want to protect all people, including those who are transgender or who are, um, have uh, same-sex orientation from unjust discrimination. However, we feel that we have a right, according to our religious faith, that we wouldn't allow people who violate our fundamental moral beliefs from teaching in our schools— So, for example, we do not allow those who are in same-sex marriage or have undergone transgender surgery to be teachers in our Catholic schools because they violate some very fundamental teachings of our faith about marriage or about the distinction between male and female, the sexual complementarity of the human person. So these are religious freedom issues that i think the recent executive order will will probably will probably see some lawsuits uh, mm-hmm. regarding this but we're very committed to protecting our our religious freedom in this regard and not just our schools but also our our catholic charities and all the works of the church our catholic mm-hmm. healthcare facilities as well
1: So, with this being Catholic Schools Week, I guess, what is the purpose of Catholic Schools Week, and and what are some things that are happening this week to celebrate?
0: Well, the uh, purpose of uh, Catholic Schools Week is to celebrate our parents who Mm -hmm. choose Catholic education, to celebrate our students who are the reason uh, that uh, we have our schools, to celebrate our teachers and staff and and administrators. So this year is the 47th um, year of Catholic Schools Week. And the theme for this year is faith, um, excellence, and service. So our Catholic schools uh, have done a good job of preparing different activities throughout the week. First, they'll start off with uh, a mass and uh, they'll do the mass um, both in person and virtual. They have many service projects that they're going to be doing um, this year. They're going to be sending cards to nursing homes at the younger levels and um, at the upper levels. They'll be going to different um, organizations like the St. Vincent de Paul Society um, and helping out there. They'll be doing canned food um, drives to help out with the food banks. And uh, there'll also be a lot of fun, Kyle, during this week, too. Um, It is a celebration. So our kids have different uh, themes for the day. And uh, they'll be dressing down and they'll be dressing up. And uh, some of them are having saints projects and, and dressing like saints. So there's a lot of Um, fun that goes on during Catholic schools week. Um, Our children just love it.
3: Well, if I could add to that, it's just a great time to celebrate this wonderful gift of Catholic education in our diocese. In many ways, it's sort of the pearl of great price that uh, these schools were built out of tremendous sacrifice over generations. I think of a school like Holy family that they built the school first before the church and for the parents Mm -hmm. and grandparents out there, thank you for your sacrifices to continue to support our schools. This year, we just want to lift up, especially the teachers and principals who have fought so hard to keep the schools open. And we're just grateful to see the children's faces and our schools. That just helps remind us what it's all about.
1: And what are some ways that you mentioned supporting Catholic schools? What are some ways that we can support our schools?
3: Just a, a couple of quick things. First of all, please pray for our teachers, pray for our staff, pray for the children. Um, these are trying times. Pray for the mental, and emotional health. We see the strain that this uh, coronavirus has caused for many families for the economic challenges. We need volunteers in our schools. We need substitute teachers. Many of our tried and true volunteers were often retired teachers might be a little bit older and might be leery of coming into school right now. So we need uh, substitute teachers. And we need financial support. Many families have been impacted by the economy and the challenges posed by the virus. Um, so if you could Consider giving to your local Catholic school through the tax credit scholarships—a wonderful way to do it. So, prayers, volunteers, and uh, financial support is always welcome. Dr. Joe, you may want to add to that.
0: Oh, I think you uh, said it very well, Carl. I don't know that I can uh, really add to that.
2: I can add to it. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) that's your show. (laughs) Uh, Carl, I, I I agree. I. Thank you, I think what you said i I just want to say ditto, but I would add one thing um, and that is to spread the good news about our Catholic schools. Um, I do think that um, we can accommodate more students in our schools uh, enrollment wise I would like to see an increase in enrollment in our grade schools and our high schools. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important part of of a child or a young person's uh, uh, growth to adulthood, that they have this firm foundation of their faith. You know, it's it's especially that not only that they have religion class every day and prayer every day, but how the, really the faith permeates the whole educational project curriculum as well as community and extracurricular activities as well. So, I encourage, strongly encourage listeners to uh, promote Catholic school education. Spread the good word to your neighbors, you know, inviting them to consider sending their children to Catholic school if if they're not, or maybe they just have preschool children at this point. Um, You know, share with them the good news about Catholic schools and how not only can they receive a, a very good or excellent education but also formation in in the gospel so that's the one thing i would i would encourage is i think we should be more outgoing and public about the success of our schools and about the holy mission of our schools
0: yeah kyle and, and if i could just um add here too um to what uh, bishop said and also what uh... Carl said, we need our Catholic schools now more than ever, and uh, this is because we have a great legacy of teaching on the dignity of the human person, and that's one of life's noblest uh, aspirations. It's rooted in truth and goodness and and beauty, and uh, that's what Catholic schools are about.
1: And I don't know if you guys have some stats on how many schools that we have in the diocese and how enrollment is doing these days?
0: Yeah, we have uh, 43 schools in the diocese, and um, overall, we had in 1920 school year, we had uh, about uh, 13,500 students.
1: Um, And Dr. Joe, that's the... 2019 to 2020. <laughs> not you're not, not talking about 1920. No, like that. No. <laughs> no, no. Thank you, thank you.
0: Yes. Uh, and then in uh, 2020 2021 school year, there you go, uh-huh. Kyle. <laughs> um, we have uh, about 12,500 uh, students. So we saw about a seven percent um, drop of an enrollment, and a lot of that drop of enrollment um, was due to uh, more parents wanting to homeschool their children. And mm-hmm. um, in the younger um, pre-K areas, um, parents just uh, keeping their uh, children home
1: right mm-hmm. now. So what are some of the efforts that are happening or what, what can we do? You mentioned Bishop about uh, promoting our Catholic schools, but uh, wh- what can we do to get the enrollment back up?
2: Well, I really hope that seven percent comes back.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I don't know if if most of them will, but I certainly hope so. Well, I've I've kind of uh, encouraged our the school boards of all of our Catholic schools. We had a Zoom call kind of a meeting with all the members of the school boards, which was actually another good thing that technology allows. I never had an opportunity to talk to all the school board members mm-hmm. of, of individual schools. And I I talked about how every school should have an enrollment plan and a marketing plan. In other words, I think the good news of Catholic education uh, is sometimes kept under a bushel basket, and we need to shine the the lights we need to let people know and not just wait for people to come to us but we need to let the community know wherever it's located if it's in a small town a rural area or inner city or suburban area that we really need to maybe to publicize more about our success and how this will benefit their children the great majority of the children in our schools are catholic but we do have non-Catholic students as well, and and they're very welcome in our schools. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, we've seen an increase in the number of Latino children in our schools, but and, and significant increase. But when you look at the numbers, the great majority of Latino Catholic children, and our diocese are still going to public schools. So I think we need to intensify our efforts there. That's the fastest growing demographic group because our Latino families are having more children than our Anglo families. So I would like, I like the ethnic and racial diversity in our schools African American, Asian, Latino, white. I think that's another strength. And I think we need to advertised to all those communities. So I really think we can do uh, more and a better job. I think there's some schools that are stronger in their outreach efforts than others. So I really want to encourage all the schools to be looking at their enrollment and to spread the good news and invite more parents to send their children to our schools.
0: Bishop Rhodes graciously funded a uh, brand um, study. And uh, Carl can talk about. And uh, we're also going to be partnering with partners in in mission to do a series of um, workshops on enrollment management that I could talk about here a little bit. I'll let Carl go.
3: Yeah, thank you, Bishop, for funding our engagement with the local uh, marketing firm to help us kind of pull a little bit. What are the key barriers to enrollment for parents, so we're trying to ease the process sometimes. Uh, the paperwork can be cumbersome or maybe uh, discouraging to parents. We're trying to clean that up a bit. And I can already share a couple uh, success stories with some of our surrounding states that have been completely virtual. Some of our schools have reached out and welcomed students from Michigan and Illinois because the parents welcome the value of in person education. And they've hmm. been with us uh, just this first semester already. And one comment I heard from a child who came from a school of 2,000 children, he said, I've already spoken to more kids in the first week than my entire previous year at this other school. Wow. So our, our, our students are welcoming, our uh, faculty and staff are loving, and it's just great to see some initial success. We need to keep keep working on this. So And Dr. Joe could talk a little bit about some of the enrollment things we're going to do with uh, to train better our faculty, or, I'm sorry, principals and school boards. Um, so Dr. Joe, you want to talk a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, we're going to have a series of four enrollment uh, management uh, workshops. It's going to be spread out over the spring and fall of uh, 2021. Our objective is to optimize enrollment. We're really trying to secure the long-term sustainability of our Catholic schools in the diocese. And we're going to be talking about enrollment management from the start through graduation and beyond. We're gonna work with our parish schools and our our high schools. They're going to put together teams of three to four, and they're gonna learn about general and target marketing, also recruitment. Mm -hmm. We're working on the application process to make that a little bit uh, simpler. We now have uh, electronic application through PowerSchool. That's going to help the parents um, as they're filling out paperwork. Also about we're going to learn about acceptance, retention, and uh, graduation. And with those last three or four items, the real key is is to keep in contact with our parents and and our students. And uh, we're just blessed uh, by God uh, to have them in our schools.
1: Why would somebody send their kids to a Catholic school? Because you might say, hey, our public school's got a lot of great resources. We can do CCD at the church on Sunday, or I can do the the Catholic stuff at home with the kids. Uh, What does a Catholic school have to offer our families?
3: I'll take a first stab at this one. A number of years ago, a local Catholic father asked to have uh, lunch with me. And he asked this very question, why should he consider transferring his child from another school into a Catholic school? And I talked about it's what I call the daily drip of faith that you know stalactites and stalagmites are formed over time. And we have the opportunity through the gift of Catholic education to form our children for 35 hours a week in the faith, to see a teacher who is passionate about his or her subject matter, who authentically lives their faith, that's the captivating part for our children to have opportunities for the mass and sacraments, to be around other children who are growing in their faith. Uh, it's a great gift to our diocese. And I really encourage it. It's been a tremendous gift to my own family I come from a family of seven children. And I thank my parents who sacrificed for 119 years of Catholic education for our children. <laughs> um, what a blessing it's been for, uh, for me and my family. And I would just hope that we can uh, expand it even more to other children in our diocese. Yeah, I'll
0: just um, add a little bit about that. Uh, It's about communion and community, Kyle, and Mm. Catholic school value proposition um, isn't just a slogan, it's about the stories uh, that our Catholic schools can tell. One instance is Marion High School and their cafeteria preparing meals over the summer and holidays. Uh, they mm-hmm. distributed um, well over 400,000 meals to hungry children and their families. Now, if that isn't a Catholic school value proposition, I don't know what is.
2: Yeah. You know, I think I'd like to mention the Catholic intellectual tradition. You know, I think particularly of our high schools, although also in our grade schools, but but looking more at um, when we think of the Catholic intellectual con- tradition, we'll often think of Catholic universities or colleges but also on the on the secondary school level I and mean, when you think of the beautiful works of literature and art even great catholic scientists and philosophers you you see how how great our intellectual tradition is and you'll find that tradition in our in our catholic schools it's, it's still it's a living tradition so beyond religion class I mean, isn't it wonderful when a student can study science, but then also bring in the faith and how certain discoveries in science relate to things that we find in Scripture about Mm -hmm. creation. That whole reason-faith relationship, you're not really allowed to go there in a public school. I also think of great works of literature, Catholic authors, for example— uh, and not just Catholic authors, but great authors, many of them Catholic, like everyone from from someone like Dante to Flannery O'Connor to, you know, all these great uh, writers that you can find, uh, you know, being read in our Catholic English, in our English classes, etc., or good poetry. I am concerned about the moral formation of our students, and sometimes in other schools, they may be uh, reading things that are morally objectionable. Yeah. And that can have a negative deformational effect on our adolescents. And I think parents need to be careful. I hope that they are watching, seeing what their children are reading, what their schools are assigning them to read, and whether these are things that could be detrimental uh, to their formation. So I, I do think that um, that's that's an area that's important. It's an area that's very important. I hope that our our students you know our students are introduced to not only the truth but also the beauty of our faith. the beauty that we can see in, for example, Catholic art, Catholic music, and Catholic literature.
1: All right Well, what is the best way for people to? Support our Catholic school. I mean, you gave a whole list of things, but like, where would you direct people uh, as far as if they want to get involved with their local school or if they want to support on the diocesan level? Uh, what or what resources are there? Websites and things like that.
0: Well, Kyle, they can always go to the Diocese of Fort Wayne uh, South Bend's um, webpage and then click on the Catholic schools office and we have uh, resources for them, uh, how they can get involved. We also uh, have list of schools that are in their area that they can get contact information from so that uh, they can contact the school and set up a time to meet with the principal, get a tour of the building, uh, so on and so forth. We have links to our SGO site for the state tax um, credit um, scholarships. So our websites are are one good place. And another thing is just to ask another parent that uh, has their children in Catholic uh, schools. I know that uh, i benefited greatly from the Catholic education that my children received and word of mouth is a, a great way to promote our schools. So you can just ask around.
1: And I know the the vouchers and the scholarships might be confusing sometimes, and, and people might think, I can't afford a Catholic education for my kids, and, and it's not really an option. But uh, I th- sometimes maybe the easiest thing would be to go into your local school and just ask kind of what's available, and they're a lot more familiar with the paperwork and things like that, and may- maybe have some questions that uh, they can ask you to, to find out if you would be able to get some of these funds to help out. And I think people are sometimes surprised at, at how much help there is available. And uh, I know our our Catholic schools will, will do whatever they can. So they do not turn somebody away that if they can't afford an education, uh, we definitely want to be there if, if that's possible. So uh, I know there's a lot of resources available. Absolutely.
3: Please do reach out to the principal, the business manager at the school or the pastor we don't want to turn anyone away because of finances. Uh, it's such a gift to be formed in the faith throughout the week, to have offered opportunities for the Mass and sacraments. I think of, oftentimes the most difficult thing is just making that phone call um, and asking for uh, an opportunity to come into the school.
1: All right. Well, my thanks to Dr. Joe Knocker, the superintendent of Catholic schools and Carl Lesch, the secretary of Catholic education for joining us on this episode. And thank you, Bishop, for joining us as well, talking about Catholic schools. Could we get your Episcopal blessing before we go? Sure.
2: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, now and, and forever. forever. Our help is in the name of the Lord.
1: Who, Who made, made heaven, heaven and earth.
2: earth. May almighty God bless you the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you, Bishop. You're welcome. Take care, everybody. Thank you.
0: If you have a question for a future episode, you can call or text the Holy Cross College text line at 260-436-9598. Truth and Charity with Bishop Rhodes is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.